What's going on, listeners? This is your host, Brother X. And before we get started with today's episode, I just want to let you know about uh, this wonderful platform called Anchor. It is one of the number one free uh, podcasting platforms that allows you to both not only record, edit, and design your podcast to your needs, where you're able to push out and distribute your podcast to all your listeners across all the different podcasting platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, you name it, they are connected to it, and they're a wonderful platform. It's totally free. You can check them out at anchor.fm. And with that being said, guys, let's get into this. And welcome back to another episode of the Truth and Transparency Podcast with your host, Brother X, and... Um, listeners, uh, I apologize. The culture scientists heard a rumor on the Reddit uh, Reddit trail that um, the hologram Tupac is back in town for one night only performance. So um, she could not be here for today's episode. So, you know, we had to call in one of our brothers. So um, here on the Truth and Transparency podcast, we talk openly and honestly about everything in between, why people can't get right in 2023. Um, and apparently, uh, nigga, did you know how much you can get for being a snitch? So apparently... Because, you know, the internet never lies. Apparently, the average salary for a state confidential informant is $85,000 a year or $7,000 monthly in Nevada. Damn! So, you're telling me, all I got to do is be the nigga said, him over there, boss. And I make a significant amount more money than I would any other way? I better say you better call me six nine. That's all you gotta know. But <laughs> Mr. Smith. I know you gotta interview us, but I'll just say this. Um, don't forget it's the eighty-five thousand dollars a year and then the McDonald's, specifically the Cardi B and offset meal. Mm. They slide that to you in the little waiting room. You're just like, it was Linda, Felicia, Brenda, Letitia, Don LaShawn, Inez, and Anisha, like all of that. Oh, yeah, no. I'm folding like a cue at uh, AKA probate. What did he say? Nope. I'm gone. Bye. (laughs) Hey, I said what I said. All right, but, you know, I had to get that off my chest because I was just scrolling through the internet streets. I'm like, dog, you can't be serious. That's crazy. But we all singing donations. (laughs) Donations. Gifts. So if you need me to snitch on somebody, let me know. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and get to it. Um, first and foremost, you know, we 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 got the brothers this week. We got some 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 brotherly bonding that we're gonna get into a little bit later in the episode. So no, first and foremost, we gotta introduce the guest. He's returning again. He's been on a couple of episodes. He's talked about what it means to be a man. We talked about some bonus episodes. We talked about Christian Rock and her two piece and a biscuit. Um, you know him, you love him. It's the big homie Drewski. How you doing, man? Oh man, wonderful man! It's always good to be back with the brothers. Hey, ain't no place like home. You not you ain't never lied. You ain't never lied. Now he's over there eating um a Popeyes biscuit with no water, no drink, and no honey. Um, Mr. Smith, introduce yourself. I mean, if I if I'm gonna take a Krishan two piece, I gotta make sure my 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 chin is strong. So eating this Popeyes biscuit with no water. Gonna get Dog. me right for this boxing match. Dog, you're gonna come around looking like the crimson chin. <laughs> hey, and, all, and all I'm gonna need is a is a one time just swinging my chin. If I can knock her out, perfect. Listeners, that was a joke. I do not hit women. We respect all women in this podcast. 
Anywho, um, it's your favorite fast favorite fed, Mr. Smith, also known as the sound by Poppy, also known as Mr. LeBron James. And I want to thank all the listeners for the comments, the places, subscriptions. Keep feeding us and we'll keep feeding y'all. Number one, shout out to Chaotic Culture Podcast. My always showing us love and support. Go check them out. Follow, subscribe, doing good things over there. Uh, number two, uh, people, you need to keep your hands to yourself. Um, there's a viral video going on of Busta Rhymes, and I, it seems like he's walking through maybe like a convention center or some hotel, whatever. And this girl is like kind of following his entourage. I mean, he's what surrounded by one, two, three, four, five, maybe six Negroes. I don't know how she's not past him, but whatever. She touches his butt, and he has a drink in his hand. And if you know Busta Rhymes, he kind of has somewhat anger issues that he's been working on. But when the girl touches his butt, he literally turns around and throws a drink at her. And on one end, you have to make sure you control your temper. But on the other end, people don't, don't, if ladies, if you don't want un, unwanted touches, don't do it back to him. He He's minding his business, trying to get to wherever he's going to. He had his entourage. He got security. But don't, don't, you know, don't touch him. Just let him go where he got to go. Get the picture. Like, oh, my God, I saw Buster Rhymes that thing. Just the same exact way me and Teacher Bay saw Dennis Rodman in a in a, in a night, uh, a lounge. We ain't bother him. Hell, he gave me $75 and wants to throw. But that's another story for another day. Uh, and then lastly. Oh, I'm sorry. Where was those ones being thrown at? It was he, he literally gave me the money and said, I want you to make it rain in this lounge, which it's not a strip club. But he literally watched me. And made sure I threw every last one that he gave me. So, listeners, I couldn't keep it. Still kept about maybe $5 worth because, you know, I'm a nigga. But he watched me throw it. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then lastly, uh, a, a quick story. There's an NYC mother revealed her 11-year-old son was hospitalized after he unknowingly ate THC-infused gummies at a Super Bowl party. Off of that title alone, you would think, why, is such a, why are people serving THC-infused gummies at a Super Bowl party. But within summarizing the whole story, the 11-year-old was wandering around the house, went into a drawer in a house that was his, and ate the candy. So on one end, oh, you feel bad because, you know, the kid was into, you know, he ate candy that was infused, and, you know, you don't want that to be in a kid. But on the other end, nigga, stop going, play like, stop trying to you know, wander around a house that's not yours. Like you just, don't sit down. <laughs> here's your tablet. Here's your here's your Fortnite. Sit in the corner and be and, and be and be good. So I, I honestly, I hate to say this, I don't feel bad for the person, for the parent because well, okay, I feel bad, but at the same time, it's like sit still. Like no one told you to go in that room and go in the drawers. That's not yours. What did what did parents say? Keep your hands. To yourself. That's all I'm going to say on that. But I'm going to throw it back to you, Brother X. All right, man. And now that we've introduced all of our guests, you know we got to do it real quick. We got to do our quick mental health check-in, man. Drewski, how you feeling, man? Life is grand. Can't complain. You know, the older you get, I'm not going to say the younger you feel. Sometimes it's the older you get, the older you feel. But, hey, every day is a new day to go out and be great. But mental health check for me, man, I could say so much right now. 
But I'm, I'm, I'm gonna save it. I'm gonna save it to the rest of the podcast. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna sit here and enjoy time with my brothers and enjoy life. I feel you, man. I mean, you're right. I mean, you be feeling good when you're older, unless you turn into the bronze kneecap when you wake up in the morning. Them shit sound like snap, crackle, and pop. I don't know. You talking about LeBron's kneecap or his hairline? I don't know what feels no, worse. Both them things be popping. <laughs> All right, Mister Smith, how you feeling? Wow, LeBron catching strays out this bitch. Jesus, um, he ain't catching lives in All Star game. MJ technically, he did. Technically, technically, he did. He did catch one lob, and he did throw a lob to himself. But I'm gonna oh, get to that in a little bit. He traveled. He, I, 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 I ain't gonna lie. He in that game, he did travel. I was like, oh, there's a couple of. But overall, um, a lot better from last show. Um, you know, definitely taking time to like focus on what I'm working on. I mean, me, we've been kind of um, working on our budgets and trying to do the things that we need to do um, to get through this year like actually have um kind of goals that were set in place so definitely working through that so it's definitely been a a peaceful time i will say i'm starting to learn how to like have fun at home and i actually was talking to my barber about that today which i know we're going to get into uh and he was like you know like why he she go out all the time with brunch i'd be at, i'd be at that crib chilling i'm like i understand what that means just just ladies understand all a man wants in his life is peace and that's what we get at home. Just peace. We get peace. We good. We get, we can do a lot of stuff. Let us miss you. What did what did Dave Chappelle say? Uh, suck his dick, play with his balls, make him a sandwich, and, and leave him fuck alone. Like that's all we want in life. Not that graphic, but you get what I'm saying, okay? That was Dave Chappelle's words, not mine. Just putting that out there. I feel you on that, man. Um. For myself, I'm 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 in a, and I'm in a good set space. I had I had the family in town um, last week and just spent some time with them. Um, I always get to spend time with my brother and my mother. Um, they're doing well, um, maintaining, checking everything day by day. We got our daily check ins, which I'm always encourage everybody always do check ins with your peoples. I know for me, for my family, we do daily just so that we know, like, hey, how's the day? Even if it's just like one or two minutes. Just just check on your people because you never know, man. Um, but it, even if it's not every day, do it like once or twice a week, man. Just always just check on your people because it, it it's crazy. Because I'll tell you a quick a quick side note. Um, one of my dad's um siblings, his oldest sister, he was the oldest out of six, but the one his sibling that was closest to him was my aunt Ange, and. Out of nowhere, yesterday, we talked a little bit through social media, but out of nowhere, I just felt the urge to be like, hey, let me just call and check on her. Chopped it up for a good five, ten minutes, made sure she was good, checked on the family up there. She checked on me, asked about the coach of scientists, and just kind of fellowship. And and it did my did my heart good because I tell you, one of those things is crazy is that for me, with all the stuff that I'll probably eventually at some point do a bonus episode about all my feelings about everything. But it's different when I got the opportunity to talk to my father's siblings. And for me, I lost a father. My brother lost his father. 
my mom lost her person, but it's a very unique thing where you like you can see when someone loses a sibling, especially like how I looked up to him. All his younger siblings looked up to him as well, and it just hits different. So, just always check on your peoples, man, because those connections. I'm sad that his, my father's passing caused my reconnection or my extended connection with his siblings and his side of the family. But I'm grateful because that just makes the tree a lot bigger, man. And I appreciate it. So just check on your peoples. But um, Mr. Smith, before we get into our um, um our copyrighted music, you mentioned something about talking to your barber today. I have a question. Did um did he talk to you about this clip and talk to you about um certain prices? Mr. Smith, play the clip. So first off, the minimum you're supposed to be spending for a quality barber is $100. I'm here to defend the sanctuary that is called barbers and beauticians. You know, so many guys and people out there think y'all going to show up and get a fly haircut and y'all going to spend $35. Y'all going to go to the end of the line. Y'all going to hit up y'all barber. They're going to send you to the voicemail. You'll have a 1 o'clock appointment. You're going to get there at 1 o'clock and somebody going to be sitting in the chair. Hmm. Um, I don't know about y'all. I haven't had to really get my hair cut cut in almost three going up three plus years now with my locks. Um, but I get the occasional shape up just so I don't look completely homeless. Um, but I don't know about you. Drewski, Mrs. Smith, y'all paying a hundred dollars for a haircut? If I got that much pain in my hair like Jalen Rose got in his head, I might, but not on a normal basis. No. Uh, my man got the Picasso. He wanna be Michael Smith so bad. <laughs> No. <laughs> ready for the comment. Oh my god. Okay. All right. Um, so I took this from um a podcast that me and Brother X listened to a long time ago, back when I hell, I was living in my apartment back at the time, uh, called His and Hers, the after show, where I believe right. the 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 name of the episode was um Fresh Cut Confidence. And Michael Smith actually brought that up in there where he's like, I dropped like $75 to $100, but the man got the hairline that is like shaped to the gods. And to that, I say like my haircut is about $60, $70. And then I tip him maybe like 20 because number one, he's cleaning me up very well. But number two, most importantly, he's using a straight razor to get me the edge up. And I know when it's good, when I come home and teacher Bay will stop in the middle of her conversation, be like, hey, babe, how was your? Ooh. And it's like, oh, OK, yeah, this yeah, 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 yeah. That confidence is coming. So I get where he's coming from now. I don't know about one hundred dollars. Granted, he's got the money for that. And it also depends on the market of where you are. You know, he's ba I, I don't know if he's based out of L.A. or if he's still in Boston, wherever he's located at. So it really just depends on the location and, and cost of living. But I understand what he means as far as like don't take the cheap way out of your barber. Like, you know, they're doing a service and they're making sure you look good for the next two weeks. So definitely tip them adequately. You know, gone are the days that B, Brother X, and, and Drewski were at Hampton and it was $5 cut Tuesdays at the barbershop. Hey, <laughs> the no, no. <laughs> man, when like, you was going through it, dog, it was that late night text, yo, you up after hitting up your first, second, <laughs> And third option. Hey, yeah. So you, you got to how you live, man. 
Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I get exactly where he's coming from. Like, we definitely had those moments where, yeah, we had to make it work to make those, to make that money stretch and also look good at it. But in the day and age that we're at now, at the level that we're at now, at the age that we're at now, you want to pay for quality. So I get where he's going, where he's like, if your barber is doing a service and hooking you up to where you know, like you walk out there like I am the shit, then tip him properly or tip her properly because, you know, barbers can be women too. I don't know about hundred dollars, but tip him properly. Hey, I feel you I on mean, that. Listening, you you you've seen those videos. You you seen them TikToks of certain barbershops. We ain't gonna put them out there. We might drop it in the group chat, but we ain't gonna talk <laughs> about that. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's tough. But that, that was, go ahead. That that's that's definitely tough. But I, I mean, you know, like 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 Brother Smith said, Mister Smith said. You know, if you make millions, what's a hundred dollars to you? That's that's for him. That's that's chump change. But for us who are actually, you know, have normal jobs, have right. other responsibilities where we don't just right. spend, 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 but we're trying to be more responsible and accountable of our money. You know, hey, I pay my barber fifty dollars, and I can give him a tip, but I know I'm gonna get a line up. I know he's gonna shave my beard. He gonna wash my face. He gonna make sure I'm good. And like, like Mr. Smith said, it's quality. Like the older we get, the better we look. You know. Hey. But when you when you walk in that house and Bay see you, yeah, it's a different. It's a different. It's like oh, it's like murder oh. time when Bay see oh, you yeah, with no, that fresh it, haircut. It, you about to get the meanest holy smoly of 2023. <laughs> holy smoly! <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to talk about the. The retwist confidence? Oh, yeah. Mm -mm. I'm feeling real future-like right now. I might belong to the streets as I look oh. over my shoulder for the culture scientists. Oh, you're in the book of future now. Oh, I, Lord. Culture scientists? I, I, I don't dabble. I've, I've received some pamphlets in my in my, in my my younger days. I've, I've been to a couple of church services, but I never said, I never, I never joined as a full-time member. Listen, culture scientists, when you listen to this, I did not encourage this. Do not come for me. Come for your fiance. I didn't do nothing. I, I is innocent. I is a boy, Damon. Nope. I ain't Don't doing worry. it. Nope. I'll, I'll go back and edit it out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in all senses, man. Um, yeah, man. It, it's it's real. Like it, we understand. I pay a a significant amount. Shout out to my loctician. Um. But no, that's real. Just just be mindful. Just treat people, pay them the worth, but be mindful. Live within your means and your hairlines. But Mr. Smith, play the play the copyrighted music. Okay. Um, so this this sports center is really quick, really easy. It's really just about the NBA All-Star Weekend, because NFL's done, you know, Chiefs are Super Bowl champions. And now the focus is on free agency and signing of coaches, which I will say, Ravens, you hire in Ty Malkin, perfect hire. I love it. Running a spread offense instead of that run style. When Lamar comes back, it's going to look good. And I'm looking forward to it. And especially if we get D-Hop, oh, yeah. But that'll be for later on. Um, anywho, so the NBA All-Star Weekend was passing. Uh, we started off with a celebrity game. And the celebrity game was interesting. Um, we had DK Metcalf, who, as soon as I saw him coming to the lineup, I'm like, this man owes me at least two dunks because there's no reason you that tall in a celebrity game 
and you don't get at least two dunks off. I think he got like five, six of them off on fast breaks. At the same time, Calvin Johnson was in the same game, and I'm like, Calvin, you owe me one too, because nigga, you like six eight or six. You some ridiculous ass height. You just need to do that. But Calvin Johnson, you an asshole. You ain't have to do Janelle Monet like that. Like, come on, man. She she ain't even she just out there to have a good time. Look, she was what she okay, she was like one of them ladies that's like, I'm just happy to be out with the guys in the basketball. I'm gonna look cute doing it, but you know, I can't really shoot, shoot like that. I don't really have like like the, the fact that Dwayne Wade was coaching on the side was like, okay, on on offense on defense, you guard number three. <laughs> But on offense, you just need to get a bucket. She's like, okay, so which side is defense, which side is offense? I'm like, oh, you're so cute. Um, so DK met, so it ended up being that uh team Dwayne uh beat, I don't even remember who they were going against, but I know Lisa Lisa Leslie was the assistant coach. Um, but DK Metcalf wins the MVP. The craziest part about it was Mike the Miz, who is a I don't know if he's a retired wrestler now or if he's still wrestling. I don't is know he retired? He's yeah, he's retired because he's okay. a retired former um Real world, um, mm-hmm. I guess cast member. Yeah, that's what that's where I knew him. From. I originally know him from Real World when he was like aspiring to be a, a wrestler. But the craziest part was, uh, it might have been Fat Joe, Team Fat Joe, and Lisa Leslie were coming back in the game, and like they were down maybe two, and somehow they turned the ball over. Uh, Team Dwayne turned the ball over with like point nine seconds left. The Miz throws a half-court buzzer beater and hits it. Everybody just went off like, did that just really happen? And then we had to go to S3 play, and it was like, oh, he threw it after the buzzer, so it doesn't count. That sucks. But overall, that was a good game. Uh, The skills challenge was okay. Okay. I understand that we do trips of the skills challenge, in which we had the rookies, we had the Utah Jazz, which were the host city, and then we always had the Antide Kumpos. But listen, okay? I need the Antetokounmpo's to either take it seriously or just not be in it. Because outside of Giannis, them other two brothers are not that good. And this is your time to shine. Thanos, you don't really get a lot of playing time as a buck. And then the youngest is in the G League. So you don't even really get to know like what they do. But they take it so like casually. I'm like, this is your time to actually show, like, hey, I actually got skills. And you can keep me on a roster. Now, two of the three aren't on an NBA roster. One of them is in the G League. But they just taken it so haphazardly. They didn't even get on the board. The rookies ended up, I mean, so the rookies got on the board first. And then the Jazz just was like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and take over this. But shout out to Jordan Clarkson because that nigga was high as <laughs> hell. Mm. I was like, yo, do you even know where you are? Like, you you just, you just there. Um, the three-point contest was lit. Shout out to Tyrese Halliburton of the Indiana Pacers. That nigga went off in the first round and dropped, I think he did a 31 out of, is it, it's either 35 or 40. I'm trying to do a map in my head. 6, 12, 18, 24, 34, 37, 40. Yeah, he did 31 out of, he got 31 out of 40 in the first round. And then he cooled off and Dane Dollar was like, wait, stepping in the contest? Neither is Seth? Neither is this? Oh yeah, I'm going off. And Dame, Dame, he ended up winning the three-point contest, which we've been, I've been waiting for him to win for a long time. Like this is third one, but it just didn't help that like Steph was in it or somebody like that. So um I'm glad that he won a three-point contest. I don't remember the dude from the Sacramento Kings, but he had the worst three-point Ooh, round. Hurt, that, oh, hurt her. Yeah, yeah, hurt her. Thank you. When he did what is it, eight of 40? I said, dog. Oh. 
Did you like? I mean, he's gonna he, he's he's using it as motivation. Like, I'm gonna come back. I'm be better, and I'm sure he will be. But it was like, ugh, that ain't look good. I got a question on that. How do you let Julius Randle outshoot you? My nigga, I to say that shit. First of all, no fucking way. First of all, why was Julius Randle in the three-point contest in the first fucking place? I understand if you are a three-point person. Like, Carl Anthony Towns makes sense a couple years ago because he shoots really well from the corners. Julius is a mid-range, sometimes can shoot three-pointer. Like, he's kind of like an all-around Jack of all trades, but that's not his consistency. So I'm like, why? But then I, something told me it was like probably because Steph is hurt, Katie is hurt, that pr- Clay's probably not going to do it. So you just probably picking, choosing to pick at this point. But like Julius, no, no, hell, I would rather see Anthony Davis. No, I wouldn't. That was no, I, I tried. I tried. I might. I'm rather, I'm I'm rather see Joel Embiid. Yes, I, I'll see Joel Embiid. I will see Joel Embiid with that. Um, but maybe they can make it more fun. You know, you why not have the top eight in three point percentage of the season all in the competition? Like you're missing like at least three or four of the top eight that didn't yeah. even participate. No, yeah. you know what you need to do? You need to get the top three best three point shooters percentage wise that year and the worst three <laughs> and see who do worse. So the top three have to make double in order to get one. Whereas if the worst makes one, they get two. Oh, that's 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 going that's going to be an unfair advantage because you know as soon as even if we'll just say for hindsight for argument's sake, Steph could hit let's say thirty three, right? But even if the worst one does half of that, he still is going to beat Steph. And it's like. Mm. I'm about to say very few people, like very few people are going to beat Steph. So uh, it would have to happen after Steph retires. <laughs> or it could be as he get older in age. You never know. That's real. And wow. we just had the 75th anniversary, what, two years ago, 2021? Mm-hmm. Right. You should have had some of the legends in there, Reggie Miller, Ray Allen. Like, why couldn't oh, we do you... something oh, yeah. crazy? Oh, yeah. Call up Rip Hamilton. He probably I know still MJ can dunk. Right now. Like I know MJ can dunk. Well, no, he can still dunk, but he ain't dunking like he was back in in '88 and '89. But like Vince Carter could still get up there. Like oh, yeah. he he can get up there, but he, he need a step ladder. Well, Other night he come down. Question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> he needs he needs like can he get up there? Yes. Can he land appropriately? That's the question. Um. So going into the dunk contest we're talking about, uh, Matt McClung, who, you know, me, uh, Brother X, and Drewski have watched since high school and when he went to Georgetown. So we weren't surprised by this, but he ended up winning the dunk contest, which a lot of people made jokes about. Are you going to let a white boy win on Black History Month? But when you're able to jump over two people stacked on top of each other, kiss the ball off off the backboard and dunk it reverse in the same dunk? I don't, he had the creativity. He had, and, you know, he he did everything on the first try. It didn't take him two, three, four tries. He did everything on the first try. So that first one, I remember me and Teacher Bay were watching it. We stopped talking and just was like, wait, what? Hold on, hold on. And I knew what he did before they showed the replay. And Teacher Bay was like, why are you getting up? I said, wait till you see the replay. It's not so much he jumped over to people. I saw him kiss it off the glass too. And then once she saw it, she said, oh, oh, okay. 
oh, oh, he 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 ain't playing. And so for him to do that, and then on his final dunk, he does a 540. And unlike um Victor Oladipo, he did that shit so clean, like he could have probably kept going if he wanted to. It shows that he actually took the dunk contest seriously. A lot of NBA players, they tend to, you know, half-hass it a little bit. It had sparks and whatever when it comes up, like um, uh, Amadio, who did uh, East Bay, or he did a, a, a honey dip, which is your elbow in the rim, kind of like a Vince Carter jumping over Shaq a couple years ago. But since then, it's just been kind of like lackluster because a lot of them don't really take it seriously. Like, they just try to do a couple of in-game dunks with a little more flair to it or try to do it's more of a presentation whereas Matt was just like give me the ball get out my way I'm jumping over two people okay now I'm gonna do a, a 360 windmill but I'm gonna stop halfway and then turn the rest of the way while I'm it's still in midair like that's the shit that we want to see that's the stuff that we saw with Jordan and Dominique and Vince Carter we don't need all the bring out the uh what was it, a 3d printed ball <laughs> and then I'm going to, my dad's going to, I don't need all of that. Show me, like, give me a James White from like 2006 where you're doing an East Bay from the, from the free throw line, which Zach Levine ended up doing what, like five, six years ago? 2016. Like yeah. 2016. Yeah. So, you know, give me stuff like that. But Matt McClung was like, yeah, I'm going to do, like, he even said it in his pre-show. He was like, I, I already know there's two dogs that people have never seen before. And I was like, nigga, you right. So he definitely won. The shit was lit. Um, going into the All Star game, uh, All Star game was like All Star game was like luster. I ain't even gonna lie. Like, uh, okay, one, it kind of sucked because a lot of people were injured. Giannis was injured. Which NBA, if you know the All Star week is going to be, you know that week. I would say the last game that you have is the Monday before, and then give people the Tuesday to Saturday, or Tuesday to Sunday. And then, like, two days after that, and then games resume on Wednesday of the following week versus what? They had a game all the way up until Thursday right before uh, All-Star Weekend, which that was the game that Giannis hurt his wrist. So he couldn't play outside of the first, what, 10 seconds? And he dunked it, was like, foul, get me out the game. I'm out for the rest of the game. Then LeBron, he's been nursing an ankle injury. That man hurt his finger. He's out the rest of the game. Steph was already out. KD was out. So you got... Dame Lillard, John Morant, uh, Jason Tatum, um, Jalen Brown, Joel Embiid, uh, Jokic, you know, a lot of stars, but there was no defense, which not to this All-Stars detriment, like that's usually the case. But even in the fourth quarter, when they changed the the um, the uh, platform or the, the format so that you had to reach whatever, whoever had the top score add 24 to it in lieu in honor of Kobe Bryant, and you got a recess score first. There was still no defense. Jason Tatum went for 50 freaking five, and that man was shooting threes with nobody around him. And at a certain point, Joel Embiid and Kyrie Irving were the only two people in my eyes that were playing defense on Team LeBron. Team Giannis had Jason Tatum and Ja, and maybe like a couple more people that were playing defense, but they took it more seriously. Dane's hitting his shots. Jason's hitting his shots. Jaws jumping up like like nobody's business, even though he's not going to do the dunk contest. Whatever. But it just uh, like... I blame LeBron James. 
LeBron no, James. I mean, yeah, but at the same time, it, it is one hundred percent LeBron's fault. The dunk contest is the way that it is right now. Really, you're really going to do this right now? I agree with Stephen A. Smith. Even Zion when said he, said if he, he wouldn't healthy go do the next contest. Year, yep. If Zion he gets healthy he next won, year, he it's said a wrap. multiple times. All right, I'm gonna do it next year. I'm gonna do it next year. He sound like a nigga in a fucked up relationship. All right, I'm gonna change. All right, I'm gonna change. All right, I'm gonna change. Ten years later. Wow. I can't stand your guts. You ain't shit. Well, wow. I, what? I ain't been shit for 10 years. Did you really just compare LeBron James to a toxic ex? Really? <laughs> in future we trust. Sensational. Hey. hey. All right. All right. I, I understand, but um, but overall, you know, like I need the All Star Game to go back to what it was. And and yes, listeners, we're aging ourselves. Two thousand one, when you had people like Kevin Garnett, Allen Iverson, Tracy McGrady, um, Tim Duncan, Kobe, where they like played defense all four quarters. I'm not gonna say that you have to play defense all four quarters. I would say first half, you know, do your special shit, get on a show for the crowd. Third quarter. Tighten it up. Fourth quarter, play actual game. Like, for real. And, Let's talk and about I, that fadeaway that MJ hit. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm. You know what? I ain't going to lie. I ain't going to lie. I'm still mad that in the 2003 All-Star game, that should have been the game. That should have been the dagger. That should have been his send-off. And, and whoever – I forgot who committed that foul, but whoever did, fuck you, sir, because that was the perfect send-off. MJ shooting a fadeaway from the corner and hits it with, like, what, five seconds left and they have one – Come on, that's it right there, Indy. And, no. and this is why you could tell we're mad. Me, <laughs> me and Brother X are mad because LeBron needs to be in a dunk contest. The only thing I'm going to remember about All-Star with LeBron is Kobe swatting his shot. How many times? When they oh, yeah, went he, one-on-one. Yeah, he, he never got a like shot off on Kobe. He was so scared. Kobe trash-talked him all in fun. And what did LeBron do? Nothing. Jordan would never let that happen. But Jordan's also an asshole, so we Jordan know Jordan is an him. asshole. <laughs> you're, not, you're not wrong. <laughs> like, these are all facts. We just have to make it very clear. Like, LeBron has done a lot of things right. The All-Star game and the decision are the most we gonna leave that up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm only going to defend him on this one thing. He did do a dumb contest in high school and almost hurt his ankle, so that probably was his deterrent to be like, yeah, I ain't doing this shit again. So I, I, I give that. If if and honestly, if Dion don't get healthy and participate next year, Matt might run it back because there's some dunks that he's done that he didn't even show out that are better right. than some of the ones he did this year. Facts. It's only the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. But that's pretty much it for Mr. Smith Sports Center. Um, there's another thing that we're going to go into in our next segment. But uh, if you have any other NFL questions or want to know any other material, please hit up my boy Red Wolf. His links will be in the description below. Play the other music. All right. So there's one other thing from All-Star Weekend. And in general, I got to get off my chest. Um, The Dashley duo. um, Mm, There is a reason why I have never liked the Utah Jazz for a lot of reasons. Rudy Gobert touching the mics during COVID. Wondering why Donovan Mitchell didn't sock him out sooner. Um, the fact that they stole the Jazz from New Orleans. There's just a lot of reasons why I don't like the I, I don't like the Utah Jazz. One of the most common reasons is uh Carmelo. 
Now, listeners, for those who don't know, who are not into deep in the basketball streets and in the archives, the basketball player by the name of Carmelo played for the Utah Jazz for multiple years where he got denied championships by Michael Jordan multiple times, as well as the Detroit Pistons. But, um, yeah, he um he's back in the news because the All-Star game was in his home court or hometown, whatever, of Utah. And he basically um got some controversy was brought up because for the listeners, for those who don't know, um he had relations with a very young woman. But let's let's get back to that in just a moment. Basically, with that story coming back in the news with them being brought up and him being visible during the All-Star weekend, whether it's judging the, the dunk contest or being recognized along uh Kareem Abdul Jabbar and LeBron James as the top three scoring leaders of all time, he um he was asked about the controversy of his past. And he said, "I." he said, let me make sure I get this correct. Malone says he won't address the criticism. I'm not discussing any of that backlash. He said in an interview per the Salt Lake Tribune. I don't care. That's my life. That's my personal life. And I'll deal with that. Like I have had to deal with everything. So whatever. Now, listeners, you would think, okay, cool. He don't want the spotlight to be on him. He he don't feel like he has answers to it. So, um, Here's why we can't just do that. The former jazz player impregnated a 13-year-old girl. I'm going to repeat that again. 13 years old. Listeners, if you're not sure when puberty happens, look it up. Do the math. And the crazy part about it was he was 20 years old. So he is a legal adult with a 13-year-old. That means he was in college while she was in middle school. Really think about that for a second. And the crazy part about it is he denied it for years of the, of like fathering the child. And after there was blood tests that confirmed 99.3% probability that the kids were his or the child was his, he still was like, no. He wanted to give these niggas, wanted to give the kids a villain origin story. You ain't got enough hate in your heart, young blood. Because I remember he had a son, one, he had another kid, where basically he ended up going to the, N, another young kid, ended up going to the NFL for like, he, he had like five years. I think it was like the Philadelphia Eagles. And basically, he, um when the dude reached out and finally found Carmelo, he was like, nah, I don't want to be a part of your life. So you want to be an absentee father, you got one of the wackest dunks in dunk contest history. I can't do it, so I can't say too much about it. But you just a piece of shit. Ain't no other way around it. Don't get me started about um, um John conspiracy theory Stockton. That's the story for another day, Mr. Smith. So yeah, listeners, remember, listen to what Brother X said. He impregnated a thirteen-year-old when he was twenty. I don't care what you say nowadays about oh, girl, ladies are are wearing stuff that make them look more grown or whatever. Remember, this nigga was 20 years old in the 80s. He was 20 years old in the 80s. What's your excuse there? Because I can tell you right now, when I was 13, it was what? 2000? Yeah, it was 2000. And we still weren't wearing the type of stuff that you see nowadays. So what's his excuse in the 80s? And so not only did he impregnate a 13-year-old girl to have a child and denied it for like crazy amount of years, like at least five, 10 years, but he also fathered twins when he was 17 years old. 
and he reached an out-of-court settlement related to paternity. When he when he was asked about his Tosh Perez past, he said, whatever, I'm human. How the fuck are you human when you're impregnant a 13-year-old and you're 20? Right. No, no. I I can get around a lot of stuff, but that is not one of them. I don't care what is said about that. That is not cool, right? And so when you talk about, you know, I'm not discussing any of that backlash, like, I want you to listen to this clip from Bomani Jones, who kind of explains it very well regarding his thoughts on um, on how he feels about Carmelo. What are your thoughts on Carmelo being a huge part of All-Star Weekend? You can basically make this question, what are your thoughts about Carl Malone? And stop it right there. Like, it, it doesn't have to be an occasion. Because I hated Carl Malone so much before I had a great reason. I only had good ones. <laughs> like, just being a dirty player, elbowing people all the time. You know, that sort of stuff. And then, you know, we find out the whole thing, if you don't know this, that when he was in college, Carl Malone had a baby with a 12-year-old. There's never been any sort of reckoning for Malone because Malone lays low. Like, he just out there in the country, driving his semi, doing whatever, whatever it is that Carl Malone does out there. But if you're doing something for Utah basketball, it's like Carl Malone. So we got Carl Malone and John Stockton. John Stockton is crazy conspiracy guy. And I'm just kind of like, I know a lot of people that think crazy things, as long as you don't say it on the microphone there, I guess, right? But Carl Malone, you're kind of supposed to leave him at home. Except if you're the league. I heard a lot of y'all when I told y'all those details that you'd never heard them before. Right. And so why is Carl Malone not there? Then you make this more story. And so I would imagine that there's a very cynical outlook on how to play it. So I never want to see Carl Malone ever, all time, any other point. But he's going to be there and it's going to be wild, uncomfortable for a lot of people. And then tomorrow we're going to forget it ever happened. So when you hear that, like, again, he's number three all time in career points, right? Which is a crazy accolade in itself, especially since he wasn't even known as a three-point shooter. Like, he was inside primarily. But the only thing I'll give him is when he knew he fucked up, that man was like, I am staying out of the limelight. That man took his money. He got a farm. He is out. He is chilling. He is sitting low. You don't hear. What, what, did, um, what did Cat Williams say? When you get away with murder, you ain't supposed to do jaywalking. You ain't supposed to even have a speeding <laughs> ticket. Like, that shit is real. And so, you know, I, I I don't I never really like Carl Malone, which is why every time I always watch the um 1998 finals, game six, when Jordan takes the ball from him and he falls like that, I always laugh. I'm just like, mm, yeah, you look you look weird as hell. And I am so glad that he denied you those two championships. I honestly will never respect him. I kind of wish they didn't honor him. And like Brother X said, I'm not even going to get started on John Stockton because mm. we'll be here all night. But I understand it's jazz. I would rather it be, you know, bring on um, Havlicek. I believe it was. I think it was Havlicek. Uh, bring on him. You could bring on Monroe. You could bring on a lot of greats. I know only two people people going to know about is John Stockton and Carl uh, Malone, but it's just not a good look. Between, you know, consp- between conspiracy theories and impregnating young girls. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he'll always be a, thoughts? you yeah. know, 
Carl Malone will always be a, a pause, man. He'll always be a piece of shit, unfortunately. No matter what accolades he has on the court. It's his off-the-court behavior that has everybody like, what the hell are you thinking? 20 and 12, 20, 13? It don't matter. Like, the, the lady, the young lady at that time was not age of consent. It doesn't matter. Like, people don't think. Right. You know, like, why would you think that's okay at your age, especially being a black man in America during that time? Like, in the times we're living in right now, like, ain't no way in hell we going to do something stupid knowing that we could end up in jail the rest of our lives. And it ain't worth the risk at all. And it, he's only one of so many millions out there in this same situation. But then it makes me take a, a step back and think about sports in general, Like, it's entertainment at the end of the day. You know, for, for them, it's to make money off them. It's to, it's to put them out there because, I mean, he could have been out the league. If the league's really cared about anything, about human rights, humans, and in general, he could have been out the league. He could have been locked up. Oh, what he do? He went to sign with the Lakers, matter of fact. That team that they thought was going to win a championship. He went to sign with the Lakers. All the retirees signed with the Lakers, matter of fact. G, uh, who? Gary Payton, Malone. Like yeah. a whole host of others. Like, it's just like the NFL. We got a whole bunch of abusers, domestic violence. Like, every league got the same thing. Like, what are we doing? You oh, it's okay. It's making us man. money. That's all. It's making some people rich. And that's all they care about at the end of the day. That's real. Which brings me to this other point. And news that is news to people that didn't know this was already news for quite some time. The BET horror movie maker himself, the You Got Served extra in the background, Dancing in the Rain, Marcus Houston, the 41-year-old was spotted out recently with his wife. Is it Mia or Maya? I'm going to say Mia. Mia uh, Dickies, 22-year-old, celebrates their three-year marriage and seven years together. Mrs. Smith, can you do some quick math for me? What's, what does that mean? What does that all mean? Let's see. So you have the 41 and the 22, which is about, let's see, he was 21 when she was born. Or no, not 21. He was 19 when she was born. Um, three years together means that uh, marriage means that they were married when he was 38 and she was yep. 19. Um, and it also means seven years of them talking means that he was probably about 34 and she was 15. Meaning, as uh, thank you, brother Drewski, the shit was illegal. Why? Why are you dealing? I understand, you know, from what from all of us, you know, me and the two brothers on this podcast growing up, we always knew. Women like to date older men, but nigger. This nigga was in college. If he went to college, he would have been in college when you were born. What are we doing? I, I mean, listen, you're talking about somebody who sung my first time, my very first, in the house, in the car, in the parents' bedroom. Remember, that's him. And you dating him, and you 22. And you got a kid. So was he grooming you like an R. Kelly when he was 15? Like, what, what are we doing here? It just, it's, ugh. Ugh. no, it's just, no. It's, it's just crazy because it's like, oh, like when we have these scenarios 
and very rightfully so in a lot of cases where women, black women hold black men accountable. I'm like, dog, it is very hard to have a genuine leg to stand on in these conversations. I won't say arguments or debates, but conversations where they can literally be like, oh no, there's only it's like there's only one type thing. My nigga, this, 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 this. Do you want me to pull up the chart? Like, you just gotta know, like, dog, there has to be other way around it. And I don't want to go into further to it, but this shit is just unnecessary and just wrong. Although the baby is cute, though. I'm not even going to lie. But, um, yeah, the, from one crazy story to another, which, don't worry, listeners, it's not Florida this week. It's not Texas this week. We're going to have to go to the Great White North, the Caucasus Mountains, the one crayon you don't use in the crayon box, Alaska. Mrs. Smith, take it away. The fact that you said the one crayon you don't use in the crayon box. Okay. Am so I, the tell me I'm lying. You're not. You're not. That's what makes it funny. You're not. Uh, so the headline reads, Alaska woman admits to killing her best friend after Catfisher promised her $9 million. Why? So an Alaska woman admitted to killing her best friend for $9 million after being catfish. On Wednesday, 22-year-old Denali Bremer pleaded guilty to murdering her best friend, 19-year-old Cynthia Hoffman, in 2019. First of all, y'all ain't even best friends, but we ain't gonna go there. According to the Alaska Public Media, Brimmer was catfished by a man named Darren. I'm not even gonna try to butcher that last name. Shilla Miller, that's what I'm gonna say. At the time, Shilla Miller was a 21-year-old pretending to be a millionaire named Tyler. Now, I'm gonna stop right there. If you were talking to a millionaire, come on, let's, 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 let's be real here. Shilla Miller posted online that he was offering $9 million for the rape and murder of someone in Alaska. Hey, yo, what the fuck? He convinced Brimmer and two other teens to carry out the crime and then sent him, sent him pictures as proof. On June 2nd, Brimmer and the two teens lured Hoffman to take a hike with them at Thunderbird Falls in, I don't know how, he's Chugyak, I guess. The teens then tied Hoffman up and duct taped her mouth, feet, and hands. Shortly after, the teens shot Hoffman in the back of her head with a 9mm handgun. Nigga, this shit just took a turn, like, bruh. <laughs> um, Bremer and her accomplices also sent Shella Miller video and photo footage at his directive throughout the duration of the event via Snapchat. Nigga, this villain story is getting worse and worse as we read on. But listeners, let's try to push through. After that, the three teenagers pushed Hoffman's body into Eklunta, Eklutna River. To make matters worse, the teens also attempted to burn Hoffman's body before sending her parents a text that she had been dropped off somewhere else. People, what in the immortal hell is wrong with y'all? You're talking about someone that you've never met before. Talking about they're going to offer you $9 million to rape and kill someone? And you're going to then take your best friend, allegedly, duct tape her, shoot her in the back of her head. I guess y'all are... I guess y'all raped. I'm not sure they didn't say anything about that in the story. And then you throw her body in the river. Like, and listeners, they are the Caucasus Mountains. So we, we already knew that, but just put it out there. But yo, what is, I mean, I understand life is hard. Like, you know, inflation is going up, bills got to be paid and all that. But this, this is insane. And I, I hey, 
you got to throw the book at her because that shit's crazy. God. Mm. She got to go to the big igloo, man. I'm sorry. Uh, now, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Give me the tomatoes on that one. I'm sorry, that was that was that was a swing and a miss. Uh, <laughs> oh, tomato, uh, tomato, tomato, tomato. Uh. <laughs> no, it's just, it's crazy because you just look at it. It's like, dog, they look like extras from Dawson's Creek in these pictures. Like they look like the homeroom teacher at an elementary school. Like it's it's ridiculous. Like. You ain't got shit else to do in Alaska that this is what you want to do? Dog, I don't know the population of Alaska, but it is too cold for that. Like, like we talk about it being cold down here in the main part of the United States and up north on the East Coast and all that. Nigga, you in a whole state that's built around being cold, and you going to do this? Dog, you better go do some dog racing or something. You better hang out with the Jamaican bobsled team, something. Like, what, what is we doing? I don't know, but I'm just saying this. People stop stop believing these catfishing ass websites and stuff for people that said they're gonna promise you money. Like it's if it's not something that's worked on, like genuine work or even stock market, whatever, where it's a legitimate source that you can actually see the progress, just don't hell. I almost got caught the other day on some cryptocurrency mining, and I was like, wait a minute. My 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 uh my senses were tingling, my spidey senses were tingling like this ain't right. Some ain't right about this. And then after looking into it, it was like, yeah, I'm gonna head out. So you gotta use your senses on this for real. That's real. Drewski, you had any thoughts about this, man? I'm still in shock reading the title. <laughs> like huh, you're that good. You catfish, nine million dollars. I mean, uh, I hate to I hate to be this one, but you gotta show the money before you do any deed. Show me the money, but down payment, something, the cash app, Venmo. You no, know, they didn't learn from uh, from American Gangster or from or from Goodfellas or the mobsters. Like, it's it's no way. Now, now, Drewski, you know good and well they ain't watched that. They ain't watched American <laughs> Gangster. The way these people look, like the worst thing they have probably ever watched was what what what, what am I gonna go with this week? What am I gonna go with this week? Uh you know what? I ain't got nothing this week, man. You just know they ain't gonna watch American Gangster this week, man. Like, like it's, ain't no it's crazy. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, I just the last thing I'm gonna say is like you guys said, listeners, let me let me let you in a little secret regarding money. Anytime that you get a deposit or some sort of, I guess, uh, some sort of influx of money to your account that is over $10,000, it is automatically going to send a flag to the IRS to check it. So, ma'am, if you weren't going to get this $9 million, how are you going to get it? And how are you going to explain it? Like, now, don't get me wrong, Scarface, American Gangster, the rest of them, they showed us that there's ways to get around the IRS, but just like we've seen those ways, so has the IRS, mm-hmm. who actually still are in the innovating and making sure that they catch you. So if you were going to get that hot, did you, I mean, this just looks like you didn't, again, what do we always do in this podcast? Think, think again, think a third time before you actually commit to it, because it's, if it, if it, if it, if it, if it works like a duck and it sounds like a duck, 
Quack, God quack. damn it. <laughs> quack, quack, nigga. That's all I'm saying. Just quack, quack. <laughs> I'm about to say, you motherfucking dark winged up. Like, come on now. <laughs> but you got to be stupid, man. You, your life gone. 22 years old. It's Rotting crazy. in prison for the rest of your life. Man. Now, do you think they um, make sh- uh, shanks out of uh, ice uh, icicles up there? Hey, yo. It ain't that cold. Okay. All right, we just gonna move on. <laughs> you know, we're gonna actually go ahead and um, um, we're gonna go ahead and get into uh this week's topic. Um, there was a very interesting clip a few weeks back that I shared with Mrs. Smith. Um, that I thought was really good for a discussion, and because you know we got the brothers together, we we got to talk. And shout out to the guys next door podcast, um, Mouse Jones, uh, Mac Wiles, and Fly Ride, doing phenomenal work as a mental health podcast. They be out of pocket sometimes, toxic adjacent as Ked the Fro would say sometimes. But they have some really dope discussions like this particular clip that they have. Mr. Smith, play the clip. Men are having the least amount of interactions with friends day to day. Okay. And it's causing, they're saying it's causing a rise in, you know, depression overall, you know, male suicide specifically for us black. Oh, wow. Men. Do you guys see that, you know, the lack of male, male to male interaction? In like a friendship way. Yeah, I do. Um, I'm at a place in my life where I am not actively, I'm not going out as much. I'm not moving around as much as I used to. Social media plays the biggest part. I don't Mm. think there's a lot, there's a lot less human interaction, Mm -hmm. personal Mm -hmm. face-to-face interaction. Mm -hmm. So you could do all that DMing and, you know, posting all you want. But once, I feel like these, these young black kids get in front of people right it's hard for them to communicate and i feel like all three of us know how to talk absolutely so that's why we're moving us out of it but when it comes to other people i feel like there's just a wall yeah mm. man so i think it's, it's 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 very a very real thing and i think this is a perfect thing for us to discuss as brothers and in these conversations because it lends itself to something that we did i want to say was it 2015 2014, one of those years when we decided as the three of us, we had a brother's trip. 2016. Thank you. 2016. So about the, funny enough, that was the year that met the culture scientists. Small world. Mm -hmm. But basically we decided after, after the time I had already started traveling out of the country with Mr. Smith. No, we do not have money. We just know people. Um, (laughs) Legally, of course. I'm rich, bitch. (laughs) <laughs> but we had this conversation. It was like I, I forget who put it in our in our group message, but it was like, "Yo, we should do a trip." So they hit me up asking. I think someone hit me up asking, like, "So when you got spring break?" I told them we went to the wing capital of the world itself, Atlanta, and we had a good time. We had fellowship, and I think it was something that we didn't. I don't know if we realized at the time, or maybe I didn't realize it at the time. But it became such a vital thing for our friendships because we were all out of college. They have been, uh, Mr. Smith and Drewski have been out for a little bit longer than I had, but it did such a impact on our friendship that it became vital to who we are. And that's why they're in my wedding. Mr. Smith was one of my best men. Drewski is one of my groomsmen, all those things. And I think to bring it back to the clip, I think that is something that is really hard for a lot of men because when I think about it on a day-to-day basis, I have male friends, but I'm really not hanging out with them. 
Whereas if you look in the convert, uh, the, like the opposite, when you look at women, they got their girls, they do, doing stuff. All they doing, um, as the culture scientists like to say, the first wives club with some of our friends here. But yeah, I'm cool with the guys and we, like, we're friends and all things, but we're not actually hanging out, which is like crazy because it's like, if you have friends, you spend time with them and do stuff together. But I think it's very real that we as men aren't doing that as often. So I want to bring it to you guys and get your thoughts. Like, what do you think might be like contributing to that? Like why we're not fellowshipping, why and what the impact is? Mr. Smith? So I think that part of it is the fact that, you know, kind of what Drewski alluded to earlier, we're getting older, right? So, you know, we have more responsibilities. Like I kind of, me and me and me and Drewski go all the way back to where I remember this one specific time um, where he came up to D.C. because his sister lives in Virginia. And he texted me. He was like, yo, I got two tickets to the uh, the Nationals game. Let's 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 parlay. Let's hang out. And I was like, bet there was no another word. Nothing needed to be said. And literally, that was one of our best conversations. Like we've known each other since 2005. Right. But that was one of the best conversations that we've ever had. Like, I'm talking, I think, what, Drew, we paid attention to two innings of the nine innings of the game. <laughs> but we were so just talking about everything, like how we were going to uplift our brothers from college. Because at the time, we were probably, what, two years? No. Two years removed, about one to two years removed, just about. Yeah, no, I think it might be a little bit longer. No, no, you're right, about like two, 20, two years removed. 2010, 2011, 20, maybe? 2011-ish. Yeah, 2011, yeah. 2012, but... You know, like we were talking about everything, like you know, and it was just conversation. Don't get me wrong, we we had our moments where we would just stop talking out of nowhere, and be like, "Oh, look, a ball is coming across, coming towards us. It's a home run," and then it goes to the next level. We're like, oh, well, can't get that. Anywho, back to what we were saying, but our fellowshipping over like just a couple of beers and just talking about how we want to look in the future, because you know, in in our our group of of friends, me and Drew and our family. Our, our, our Hampton family that we're so close to, we were kind of the first two to come out, right? And so we kind of looked at like, all right, how are we going to reach back and take our brothers with us so that we can all thrive? How do we fellowship? How do we give the advice of all the, you know, the trials and tribulations of life? And so doing that kind of sparked how we do things now. Now, don't get me wrong. You know, part of it is also the fact that, you know, a lot of us are far away. You know, Drewski's in Cali, brother actually in North Carolina. I'm in Maryland. And my other brother, he's in Texas. So it's not like we can just be like, hey, yo, let's get up this weekend, whatever. Like, nigga, that's a whole flight. And then you got to figure out where you're going to stay. You got to do all this extra stuff. But at the same time, as you get older, you also don't take a lot of stuff that you would when you were younger. Certain things, you know, like, all right, I'm gonna head out. Like I ain't got the I ain't got the mental capacity to deal with this. So that also comes into it as well, right? If somebody is young minded and go, hey yo, we going to uh the lounge at 11 30, knowing that the lounge is free until nine o'clock, and you know usually you go to bed by like 12. Why 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 the why the hell am I going out there at 11 30? I could easily just get in for free by seven, have happy hour by about nine, be lit. Get the litmus out of my system by about 10.30, drive home be, and be in bed by 11.30. Oh, Work smarter, not harder. <laughs> oh, that, like, I don't mean to cut you off, but that sleep after you, like, dog, I had my fun, my social media ran out, I can go home and sleep? Mm -hmm. Dog, ain't nothing like that. Oh, 
Absolutely. And, and matter of fact, quick story is it's not related to brothers, but it works in this scenario. Me and my ex went to stadium. Shout out to stadium. You are missed. Where's RIP? Pull one out for the dead, homie. Um, we went to stadium with, uh, we were supposed to go with some of my coworkers, right? Yes, listeners, I know stadium is a strip club and going with your coworkers is kind of a sketch, but in, in retrospect, they're young black people. So you get the reference. We said, okay, we're going to get there at eight o'clock and do beat the clock, beat the, beat the clock happy hour, you know, and the coworkers like, I bet me and my ex got there by, by eight o'clock. Didn't see anybody. When we got there, we already were getting in for free and they were like, oh, for $20, you get open bar. I said, oh, so not only do I get in for free, but for $20, your drinks that are usually what? $13, $14 a pop. I can get as many as I want until 10 o'clock. Easy, easy money. That's a smart decision. So we get, you know, we get wings, we get fries, salad, all that. I think we spent the most $50. 10.30 comes around. And all right, we're good. Coworkers still ain't there, right? I'm getting ready to check out. Why did all three of them walk in at that point and be like, hey, we here. Uh, we're going to go to the bar. I'm like, well, the happy hour is over and drinks about to be $13, $14 a pop, but you know, whatever. And then my coworker goes, well, they're talking about they want to get a table. I'm like, why? What are we getting a table for? For what? <laughs> yeah, for like, what? <laughs> like it, so so you want to drop four to five hundred dollars when all I spent was fifty. No, that's not financially responsible. Y'all can do that. We left. So that's what I mean by like making sure that you have the smart aspects of things where if it don't work for you, as you get older, we're just kind of like. Nah, we, we ain't going to deal with that. And so when me, you, and Drewski get up for Brothers Weeks, we already know what the plan. All right, we're going to go here. You know, we, we got this much. Hey, if you don't have the money, let me know. We can communicate like that. But sometimes the people that are not inside that friend group, they may not understand that. That's real. Drewski, do you have any thoughts, man? man a lot of thoughts, you know, <laughs> and I agree with, you know, what they're saying in this podcast um, because a lot of men don't want to talk to other men, you know, yeah. they feel like, you know, as you can be with a woman, um, in terms of talking to them, you know, some of them are even scared to talk to women, but in terms of men, you know, we don't want to show men our emotional side. We don't want to show other men, even our brothers, sometimes our parents, you know, we don't want to show them our weaknesses. So it's like <laughs> alluded to it so much, like in, in the past, like, all the things that we've done in the past and do now, like things have changed. We could go with the flow yeah. back then, but we mm -hmm. at that point now, yo, let's have this itinerary. Let's have things planned out. I you know? need to know like three, four months in advance. <laughs> we need to know everything in detail. Like, and that's, that's more responsible for us. Like us being responsible. Right. Like that's us learning the ways of, oh yeah, let's not make the same mistake we did when we were back running in college. You know, we're grown now, but whew, right those naps i could tell you i go to happy Man. hour from six to nine i'm cool by 9 45 i'm ready to go home i don't oh, need yeah. to be i don't need to at the party like, <laughs> my nigga, i got good. my shows like netflix and hulu be calling my name you know it, it, and it's so <laughs> real but like my he was talking about you know dms and talking all this stuff like us we the same whether we talking on instagram facebook as we are in person Whereas you got right. others, they socially awkward. You put them in the same room they've been talking to that person with for months and years, and they may not say one word, but hi, 
or they might not say anything at all, but a head nod. I'm yeah. like, you know, it's I thought males talking to males was supposed to be the easiest thing. I right. mean, when we looking at ads, we all agreeing and head nodding together when we in the club, dapping each like, but like if we want to talk about any other subjects, men are scared to. It's quiet. It's real quiet. Mr. Smith, you had something? I just want to make this real quick so I can pass it on to you. Um, it reminded me of Drake's song Emotionless, right? Mm. And, and it's not apples to apples, apples to oranges, but the lines make sense. I know a girl whose one goal was to visit Rome, that she finally got to Rome and all she did was post pictures for people at home because all that mattered was impressing everybody she's known. Another girl that's crying out for help, but her latest caption is leave me alone. I know a girl happily married till she puts down her phone. Everybody lives on social media, but they never live in real life. And they said it right there, men and women alike, right? So social media is taking a lot of aspect of our lives to where, like they said, oh, we can't, well, we on this podcast can have interactions outside of social media, but a lot of people after us, if it's not on social media, uh, they fall. Yep. If you're not yep. teammates with that person, if you're not playing sports or doing things with that person outside of that, you're not going to talk to them. I'm, I'm noticing that in the younger generation. Yeah. I mean, it's, 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 I think it speaks to a lot of the things to take it from a both emotional and a psychological standpoint. I think it, it comes down to how do you build, and it's weird to say, like some people may find it weird, but it's like how people aren't building emotional connections to people where you have that level of trust to get beyond that um, uh, uh, order entree level, get into that main course into friendship because I know with a lot of men, because we talked about it before, learning about how does what does it mean to be a man, that part of that communication is we could do a head nod and have a full conversation like, hey, what's going on? What's good? How you doing? I'm good. I'm fine. Oh, cool. All right, man. I'll catch you later. And we get that all done in the head nod. But if we get put at a, let's say, a birthday dinner and our significant other is sitting down with the birthday girl talking and we're left with X, Y, and Z dude that we don't even know. In some spaces, if we weren't the people who we were, we're trying to talk about the sports. Yo, did you see? Not saying, did you see old girl with the, you know what? I cool, we get the head now, all those things. But it's like, when we try to have these conversations, we're like, dog, I want to have this space where I can just tell you, like, I can tell you right now, when all the stuff that happened with my father, the first one of the first people I called, outside of talking to the cultural sciences and everything else, I called Mr. Smith. And I told him. And that's because there's a level to that friendship that I knew I'm like, we joke about all the time with the cultural sciences. Mr. Smith know where all the bodies lie. Like, Drewski know where all the bodies lie. Like, I... Like there's some stuff that we take to the grave and we, that's because we built up that relationship. I kid you not. One of the best things that ever happened to me was me and Mr. Smith reconnecting after he graduated. This is before the talks, before we went to be at the second or third BAFC, before we started going out in the country together, before we got on this podcast together, he was one of my best men in, in my wedding is when we reconnected, it was that homecoming when you came back and things were a little bit awkward because I allowed outside forces to 
damaged the friendship that I had built with him when he was in undergrad. And from that, we were able to talk and I learned more and I got more perspective because there are some things where I'm like, the math wasn't mathing. And I'm like, this don't sound like the character of the person that I know or I've gotten to know and I'm a pretty good judge of character. But now that we've talked, oh, we good, we money. Like literally we talk about this all the time because we're on different coasts and in different spots. Whenever we meet up, it is literally as if I just saw you the week before. So from there, I could talk to them about anything. And it's not like, oh, how's the weather? How's your family? You doing all right? How's work? No, it's like, dog, did you see what happened last night? No, you won't believe what happened with old girl. You won't believe what happened with my coworker, all these things. And I think it's so important because we as men, because we have certain responsibilities, is that I think some of our conversations and our interactions don't happen because we just don't have the mental bandwidth or the emotional capacity to add another thing on our plate. All of us on this podcast are in happy, committed relationships. And we know that for our person, we have to commit a certain amount of energy and responsibility to make sure that they're good and they're taken care of. And then if we're the breadwinner or we're taking care of other things around the household, that's another thing on our plate let alone talk about family, make, if you're responsible for supporting them, like I have now become, I have so much I have on my plate that I don't have the capacity sometimes to have those other conversations. That's why when you have quality connections with other men and these friendships, I could talk to my brothers when I'm like down in the depths of depression and all these things, and they'll send me some ignorant shit on Instagram and I'm right back to normal. And I appreciate that from you guys because it's just like, dog, you don't see that as often. You, We all know we had our circle at Hampton. We had our family and that circle was relatively large, give or take, you would say. And it got smaller for whatever reason. And it got smaller. And we all know outside of us three and maybe a couple other people, our brotherhood is locked in within us. Like these, like, our kids going to be hanging out at each other's houses when they get older. Like, that's just how I know that those are deep connections. And we have to get to that point. And before I go into my, my next point, I want to open up to you guys. I'm like, for you guys, how do you, like, very determined or what do you feel like you've done to build those bonds with other people, whether it's with us or with others? Mr. Smith? How to look at it in a sense of, do I have to change myself to be around you, right? When I first graduated college and, you know, we went to, and, and of course, excuse us, Hamptonians, we're going to say it right, the illustrious Hampton University, the standard. Let them know. Still Black, um, hit, black History Month, let them know. The yeah. real HU? Dog. The, the and, HU that has beaten the other Dog Park University and everything for the past 10 years. And and also the HU where Barack went to it on his first year as a president. Yeah, go go there. Um, you know, I look at it when I graduated from there, and I had to actually go into the real world. I realized like going into corporate America and going into the things around DC, I had to be a shell of myself in order to be professional, right? So I can't, you know, what we're used to when we talk that Hampton. 
whether it was parties, whether it was girls, whether it was sports, whether it was, do you understand that crazy shit that happened? Or, oh, you know, this Q and this Kappa is fighting and, and, and all this good stuff. We could talk about that and there would be no judgment. It's like, I know where you're coming from. You know where I'm coming from. I couldn't do that when I graduated. So whoever I was going to be with, I had to be able to be myself around so that I could feel that same euphoria and endorphin I felt when talking to you guys. Whether it's just how the three of us in our group would be like, yo, it's a random fucking Tuesday. And it's like, yo, Halo night. Everybody come up. Bet. No questions asked. We there. And we all know what it is, right? So shout out to my other homeboy, Jason, who graduated from FAMU. He gets it. Nigga, he's on my football team. When I tell you the amount of jokes we crack, as him being a he, him being a middle linebacker and I'm a safety dog, I, a lot of people be like, "What is wrong with you?" I'm like, "We went to HBCU. We get it. We here. We understand." What right? we understood ain't got to be explained, right? And then and, and then shout out to his wife Erin, who get like she's worse than him. So it's like, yo, that shit is hilarious, right? But I look at it like I want to be able to be myself because when you're yourself, is when you are the best version. And you are most comfortable and it flows naturally. The environment is natural. How we feel is natural. Everybody knows. That's why I said in the beginning of this episode, all men want is peace. It's true. All we want to feel is the peace to say, hey, we did a good job. We're taking care of what we need to take care of. We're going to have our fun here and there. But as long as we're doing what we need to do, we're content. We're happy. We don't need. And now, of course, we're going to also shoot for the stars sometimes, but that is the main purpose, and that's what I shoot for. If I can be happy with you, like even if it's just like like we said, when me and Brother X and Drewski go on brothers' trips, sometimes our trips consist of us just chilling in the living room on the phone and be like, yo, you see this crazy shit? And we pop it up or we playing pool or whatever. And then at the same time, we might go to you know a strip club or a lounge and kick it. Like it could be that wide of a diaspora. But it's the fact that you have the ability to do that with those folks to where you feel the most comfortable. And if you're the most comfortable, you'll be the best version of yourself. Man, I, I can remember we used to sit, watch YouTube videos. Duh, like, that's a, like, we, like it's time. not too many people that can just sit and watch YouTube videos and laugh at certain things and have that much fun just chilling. Like, we don't have, to, we don't need nothing else. No outside Duh. noise. We just in the zone. Like, but I've I've learned, man. As as you get older, I've learned that you know you're gonna have your different. Of course, you have your different circle of friends, but certain friends that you do more things with than others. Like, and I'm I'm learning that. And certain friends that hey, I'm in this mood professionally right now. I just don't feel like you fit. Like I'm I'm learning that a lot because a lot of people I used to hang with. It just as you grow older and you get to know the person from a different angle, whether it's professional or whether it's how they treat one woman or other people, and you like your views, you know, it's okay to have opposite views, no issues, opposite opinions, no problem with that. But if there's certain things you don't agree with that align with how you're trying to live your life, sometimes you got to let it go. And I, I've learned that a lot recently over the last year and a half. And I'm like, <sighs> but then you always have that group of friends where it's like, you know, no matter what, they're right there. All you got to do is say one word, you get a response, y'all go back and forth. Like, there's people I know, I 
probably haven't talked to in months. But yeah, if I get a text or if I text them, it's like we pick up like we never left off. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's that's very real, man. So I think that um that is is also I think part of it is understanding and doing the work. One of the things that I know that we've all talked about before, and we talked on this podcast a lot, is unpacking this stuff. Like, one, you have therapy, but also in order to have those dialogues and have those friendships, have those that brotherhood, that connection, you have to be able to create that space. Just like if you want to have a household, you want to be the leader in a relationship, you have to provide the materials for it to be there. You have to do the work on yourself internally to be someone of work because like Drewski said, like, like there's certain people that I love to death. I can't roll with them. I can't run with them like 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 we used to. And it's not a disres uh, a diss to them, but it's just like that's not where my core value is. That's not who I am trying to be. So in order for me to edify myself, that big word right there. Um <laughs> Okay, T. But just to do that, <laughs> to do that, you just have to find those people that are going to Add on to who you are. And I know that when I'm rolling with these brothers right here, like I pick their brains. I cannot tell you the amount of times pre-culture scientists where I was seeking out their advice on relationships and situations. Some of that I didn't listen I, to to my fault. I did not listen. Y'all know what I'm talking about. We ain't got, ain't nothing else got to be said. Sure do. Glad you, glad you picked, glad you said it. Huh. I, 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 hey, a young buck gotta be a young buck sometimes. I gotta learn the hard way. You're right. But you're right. But the part of it that I also appreciate is that even in the midst of me bumping my head up against the wall, in a sense, the love, the support, the counsel, it didn't switch up because it's very easy, especially I guess you could say to bring it back to this current generation that it's a oh if the vibe's not right one time. I'm cutting off the, the whole connection. It's like, dog, people aren't built like that. Like we are, the way that you learn and develop any skill is trial by error. There is very few people that can just pick up something and be great at it without any type of practice. And even then, in order to maintain it, you have a talent. But God wants you to develop it into a skill. You got to understand the difference between the two. Having a relationship and friendship with brothers is a skill that you have to develop and cultivate. So if you're not ready to cultivate that, then you got to do the work on yourself because you can't be looking around saying, man, yo, man, why do all these dudes don't want to kick it, man? Every time I try to do something, they busy. Either they with their girl or they or they got, they're doing work. Well, examine what exactly is it about their girl or their work that they're so focused on. Maybe that girl, like Mr. Smith said, Maybe she brings him peace. With all the shit he got going on with work, he knows that's home. And when I can turn off who I got to be with her, that's where I'm going to go every time. Because we don't give very many spaces as men to be able to turn that shit off. Or I'm trying to build work because I got to provide and I'm trying to build a family. You're trying to do pl family planning. I can't spend $200, $300 on some sneakers at a shoe stop at a certain part of Northern Virginia. <laughs> Inside joke, inside joke, of course, but you, you gotta you got do <laughs> you gotta you gotta do the work on that because it's just it's it's the value in that because I know for me 
when I met the culture scientist and I'm about almost a year in, I started moving differently. And I knew that in order for me to be on the right path to make sure I don't fall off the wagon, I got to have people to be my blinders, to keep me focused on the mission at hand that I'm trying to develop a life. And I'm ultimately, which I'm currently now, is getting married to my person. And if it wasn't for these two on the podcast right now, who Lord knows, I I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now. Let's put it that way. <laughs> but I think that is that 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 that's a big thing, man. So just understand, listeners, that a talent is to be likable. To build a relationship is a skill. So just keep that in mind. Um, do you guys have any other thoughts, Mr. Smith? I just want to do two quick points. Uh, the first one is that you want to make sure that, like you said, the piece of who you are, reside, you said it best, resides in the home. If that's with the woman you're with, then that's, like you said, that's why they're moving different. But also, and this goes for both men and women, you know, like you said, Drewski is married, brother X is on his way, I'm in a relationship, so I'm on deck, you know what I'm saying? But one of the things that we understand about each other is, yes, we definitely want to have the peace with our persons, but we also want to make sure that we don't lose ourselves in the process. A lot of people will lose themselves in a relationship and be like, oh, I got to always be with this person. I always, always got to be, you know, with my significant other. And yes, you want to make sure that you find a significant other that is close to what you are looking for or close to what you seek in the future. But at the same time, both you and the significant other got to have time with your uh, with your cohorts of the same sex. That's why you see girls at brunches. That's why you see girls trips. That's why you see guys trips. And that way you can be your true, you know, we in relationships or marriages or whatever. Yes, you're going to be your true selves, but everybody knows you're going to hold back a little something, something because we know that one thing going to trigger something is going to be an argument you don't want to have, right? But you can say it with the people that you're friends with that are your brothers, your sisters, or whatever, girl ships, whatever. So girls could be talking about, oh, that guy that at the gym, but at the same time, they know, like, but we know you ain't going to do shit. It's just we talk about it, you get out the way, you move on. Same thing with the guy's trips. Oh, that girl was fine as hell. And we laugh about it, and we move the fuck on. There ain't going to be no, oh, well, you know, I'm going to try to talk to her, because even if it was the case, your brothers will snatch the hell out of you like, no, the fuck you not. You're going to go over here. Oh, with this person. Oh. So, you know, like, just understand that it goes both ways. And so I always advocate, and shout out to Mama Smith, who always taught this with me. Yes, you want to make sure that you love the person you're with, but also be in love with yourself. And understand that you got to be comfortable with being good by yourself and being good with those same people, as well as your significant other. So that way you can be the totality of your mental space can be at a positive light versus one of the biggest things I've always learned is do not have your happiness rely on somebody else. Do Facts. not have Facts. your happiness rely on somebody else. You got to be able to make sure that no matter what, at the end of the day, you can make yourself happy. The person can add or compliment it, but you at the end of the day should be able to do that. And so when you have that time to just unwind and be, you know, call it what it is, be a nigga or be a brother or whatever. <laughs> so when you don't got to, you, you, you know, but at the same time, understand, hey, I'm saying this just to say it. That ain't mean I'm going to act on it. And we all know what it is. And the same thing for women. 
I'm saying it just to laugh about it, click, click glasses at brunch, but then at the end of the day, I know what I'm going home to. Hence why we always state, are we going to be hot boys this summer? Yes, but are we also going home this summer to our significant? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. That, that, that's I'm crazy. Say, I, I, I got a li- my, my lease is a little bit long, but it ain't that long. <laughs> I can, oh, I can man. run up to the gate, but I can't run out, out to the street. Oh, yeah, no, I'm, 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 I'm on the sidewalk. I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be at the gate. I'm gonna get at the fence, just looking out like, oh man, y'all, y'all having so much fun. I'm gonna stay over here though. I don't want no problems. Sometimes you gotta drink your water and mind your business. Hey, hey, hey. hey. Real words ain't never been said, man. But my coworker always tells me, man. He was like, if you if you're happy within, you're guaranteed to win. Hey, that's real. Like I'm about to say, we dropping a lot of dimes <laughs> out here, man. We dropping a lot of dimes, man. But I think. That is a good place to put things or put a pushman in it just because I think that these dialogues are good. And I think that you, as we get into the transparent moment, you do some self-reflection. Look at where you're at with things, whether it's you're doing the work on yourself, whether you're at the point, like I said, where you're trying to take that talent of being a quality person and turn it into a skill of having those deep level conversations and relationships and to fully examine what is it going to take if you don't have those connections like we have here on this episode, what do I do need to do next? Do I need to start examining the relationships of people who I do consider close? Do I need to start moving in different circles? Do I need to stop hanging out with um, Buki and Man Man that ain't got a GED, but got on the present pair uh, of Jordans? Not trying to put anybody out there, but I mean, you just got to look at what type of connections are you truly trying to have, and are they going to edify you in a way that's going to push you forward? Because I know at this point in my life, I ain't got no choice in the matter. My brother's going to hold me accountable to make sure that I get my shit done because they know me. They truly understand what I'm trying to do in my life, and they know that if I start tripping up or falling down, they're going to snatch my ass up. They're not going to pick me up. They're going to snatch my ass up. And make sure I get back on the right path because that's what true connections are and true relationships are. So if you're trying to figure out those things, just listen to some of the stuff that we said, man, and just try having those conversations. And don't worry. It doesn't have to be a whole trip. It could be simple as, hey, yo, we're going to get on a phone call maybe once a month. We're just going to chop it up. All of us. Just t- check in with each other and make sure we're good. All right, you good? You need anything? Okay, cool. All right, I'll talk to you in a month. And that's fine. Whatever that has to be for you and your connections, let it be that, but let it be edifying to you. So I want to make sure before I get into all of our social media, I want to thank our guest, Drewski, for hopping on the line with us. Mr. Smith for always being here with his immaculate do-rags. Um, the culture scientist who I believe finally got back from the uh, Tupac hologram concert. Um but if you got any thoughts or you want to share any of your opinions on the subject matter, you can always hit us up on our social media at the TNT Pod one two three on Twitter, Truth and Transparency Pod on Instagram, Truth and Transparency Pod on TikTok, the Truth and Transparency Podcast on Facebook, the Truth and Transparency Podcast on YouTube. And if you have any thoughts, opinions, or have any questions, you can always email us at Truth and Transparency Podcast one two three at gmail.com. So for myself, for the coach of scientists, for Mr. Smith, for Drewski, for all of our fans and supporters, if this podcast is no bigger than what it is right now, they are forever grateful. We are forever grateful. And in the mortal worlds of my father, sometimes you just got to eat the elephant one bite at a time. With that being said, we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. 
I'm black, y'all, and I'm black, y'all, and it's Happy Black History Month, y'all. The end.